My name is Ari Kriegsman, and I'm Henry's physician in the Valley Homeless Healthcare Program. I'm also his friend, and in this case, collaborator. Henry Lee Townsend Jr., age 49. Well, to start off, I was born in East Palo Alto, uh, 1968. I was born, I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, so I was already born with a seizure disorder. I was born addictive to uh, heroin because of my parents' usage. I was raised in over 32 different foster homes throughout California. Ended up in Petaluma, California at my last foster home. And that's why I was raised in Petaluma. Didn't graduate from high school. Dropped out, I think, the eighth or ninth grade. Actually, I ran away from the foster home because I took the church van and I wrecked it. Lived on the streets, uh, just trying to take care of myself, but making wrong decision, poor decision. And I didn't start my criminal activity until I was 18. Went through the prison system. I didn't know how to read or write too well. So that's how my life began, you know, uh, been through the worst of the worst and always said there's somebody else out there that had a life worse than mine. And I couldn't dream of that even being possible. And at some point you got married, married yeah, twice. twice. And then you had children as well, right? Four daughters. Four daughters yeah. Tell me a little bit about maybe your most recent marriage. My last marriage, uh, I met her at a uh, plasma center, donating plasma. Actually, it's not donating because they paid you for it. And we was together for a short while, and I got a violation, a prison violation during that time. Got out of prison, and we were still together. Uh, We had two daughters during that time, and... Then I end up catching another case, which became a three strikes case, sentenced me to 25 years to life. During that time, I had a divorce from her and told her it's best for her to move on because, you know, I, I got 25 years to life and I couldn't be with her nor do anything to support her. So we got divorced and my prison sentence began. Can you tell me a little bit of how you got into poetry and what it, what it became for you, what it is for you? It's very difficult to have feelings because they become calluses. And over a period of time, you know, you're tired of feeling pain. And so you become numb, you know. It was very difficult for me to read and write. So for me to express how I feel... I came up with words and thoughts of what was going on with my life during that time. And that became an outlet for me to express how I feel without getting in trouble. Because everybody has their their freedom of saying what they want to say. And somebody asked me, you know, uh, uh, do you vote? I said, no, no, never voted in my life, you know. Well, how do you feel about all these different politics and everything that's going on. 
And I sat back and really, you know, tried to analyze what was going on in my life and how society had an adverse effect to my life. And I came up with this poem, and that's one of the first ones that I ever wrote. It's called America. And it goes a little something like this. America, top corporation of all incarcerated, gain with lives they have grounded. To change my ways, rehabilitate. This is what public officials swear in state. But those of us who pay realize prisons hurt, they dehumanize. How can thoughtless men inspire? How can their acts admire? Lest we forget what they have shown, now's the time to make it known. Don't let your vengeance play the fool. Don't let your anger make you cruel. A bitter death that eats away. For us, the sun, the moon, the stars, a cross with prison bars. Within compassion reaching hand, as God will have us understand. As thou hast done the least of these, into my hell, into my peace. So when you composed that, you didn't write it down. You didn't read or write. No, none of them were written down, all in the head. And do you remember, did you share it for the first time? Do you remember sharing the poem and what it was like to share it? I was always able to speak. You know, I had no problem talking to people. And when I first told uh, somebody, actually, I told a correction officer. Uh, it was one of my bosses at the time. And he was like, but you can't read and write too well. You know, how did you come up with this? You know, a lot of times society forgets about you. People really do forget. And I felt that one my life was over with. And what can I do to change that? So there's a lot of programs and everything that I took advantage of to change the person and man that I was. And sometimes you um, don't know who you are until you sit down and actually look at life. You know, what do you want out of life? Being that I had a 25 years to life sentence, my life that I thought I had vanished. So one of the poems goes a little something like this. I saw a man standing outside the stream of life. He spent his days among the dead who lived the death of strife. Crime was murder, some had said, while others said it was theft. This awful statue of the dead never looked right nor left. But at his blood bled away, so had his will been snapped. I strained to hear what he might say, this man who men had trapped. With vacant eyes, he seemed to be like one who walked in a trance. Out of those eyes, a man could see, but no key was in his glance. The hole was there, but just a stare, what fire life had burned. For greetings fair, he did not care, these absolute he did despair. Men didn't tack this awful price, away where youth now grown. Society's dread device left no soul of his own. His mind is but a chunk of ice held in a frozen zone. They said he had a debt to pay. Default was all its own. When virtue justice had his way, 
Mercy the Coop had flown. He labored hard day after day just like a big machine. The same old ways one sternly madness routine. As the year were gone with happy songs, he saw his friends go free. But when the years of hope were gone, he did not care nor see. Without a hope, without a song, what matters it, he said. A man not mad, a man not dead. What is this that men had made? A living man whose soul has fled. Let's call the spade a spade. Oh, friend, where is mercy spend? Where can her face be found? Unless justice and she be wed, there is no holy ground. What man dares to ask for justice for you cry? Do I not outworst thee? So forget not the helpless poor who stands outside life's stream, behind some cruel prison door, but lives within a dream. For some mistake he made before, ages taught him life's ways. I say remember him before he's old, bent and gray, before his mind leaves his place and leave the brain to rule. A beast man with a pokered face, too dumb to be a fool, cursed by the noble human race to die a slaving tool. I love that one. It sounds like there's a, a couple of different th themes when you're in prison. Like one of them was you felt forgotten by society. Another one was while you were there, you thought I need to change and I'm going to take advantage of everything that I can to change. Where did that come from? You think that that spark, did that happen one day? Can you tell me about that process, how that happened? No, it didn't happen in one day. You know, uh, God didn't make the everything in one day. It took a period of time. And I always felt that you never fail until you stop trying. And to change a character, you got to start off by changing the way that he thinks. And so in changing the way that I think, it actually opened up my eyes that, you know, hey, I was really doing some wrong stuff in the past. You know, I made wrong decisions. You know, I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have somebody to uplift me. First, I learned that, you know, if you can't help yourself, you can't help nobody else. So what really opened my eyes is that I got tired of doing the same thing. I think I heard in, in one of the AA meetings or somewhere that, you know, you, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. You're going to keep getting the same response. You're going to get the same outcome. You know, I got tired of having that outcome of the wrong decisions that I made. And my outcome was always being locked up, always being taken away from my family. So, and to changing me, I changed the way that I think. Because a thought produces a word, a word produces an action, an action makes a habit, and a habit makes a character. So to change in my character, I changed the way that I thought. So, um, you're in prison for, remind me, how many years were you there? Ten years, nine months. Then there was the you know public safety realignment initiative in California, and uh, your third strike could be shifted to a non-felony or a non-violent, non-sex offense. Right? Yes. Tell me that story when you think you're there for life, and then you're not. So 
the three strikes initiative started going around and everybody was saying, oh, yeah, you know, if you have a nonviolent, non-serious crime, you know, you can petition the courts and get out. First of all, I can't read and write too well because I can't petition nobody, you know. But uh, one day they came to me and said, Henry, uh, you have a chance of going home, you know. And I thought it was a big joke, you know. Here it is. You're telling me that now I have a chance to go home, but I have no home to go to. And so uh, um, I couldn't sit there and allow that thought to affect the way that I was living my life already. So um, one day they came and, and, and called me to the counselor's office and said, Henry, you know, you're going home tomorrow. And I just walked out of the counselor's office because I couldn't believe it. Because, like I said, 10 years gone by, you know, and I didn't have anything. So emotionally, that hurt more than anything that I've ever been through, you know. Um, yeah. Sure enough, the next day, they told me, Henry, you going home today. Pack your stuff, you know. They gave me $200 gate money, and they actually put me in a van and drove me from California Men's Colony uh, all the way to reentry here in San Jose. And what do you think of that day? Just give me a, a window into your, your mind as you're coming home that day. Numb. There's, there's no feelings. Um, scared. Uh, frightened. Um, because like I said, I lost everything you know, and trying to come back to society, you know, was beyond my imagination. The transition was, it's like a bolt of lightning, you know, like a culture shock, you know, there, there was no plan set up. A lot of times before you get out of prison, you have a parole plan, you know, I didn't have no parole plan. I didn't have nothing, you know, even be having the the different medical issues that I had, uh, um, I didn't have no plan, no help, no resources, nothing but a couple of dollars in my pocket. And so I came here to reentry, right straight from prison. I couldn't even stop at a McDonald's and get a burger, and uh, um, everything took off from here. It took me a long period of time to get back and accustomed to regular living, you know, because in there I had a life. I was accustomed to where I was living, comfortable, and trying to step out that comfort zone, you know, that was the difficult part, you know. Even a lot of times today, you know, I have periods of my time to where, you know, I want to go back, you know, because that was easier. You know, and what I come to realize and think about is that things that are difficult, things that you work hard for last your lifetime. And so if I can work hard at staying out and doing what's right, it's almost like I am becoming conformed to the world of society. What was the hardest thing for you about coming back? My kids. Um, and it's still today going on. You know, it's a little, little difficult, but we're working through it. 
But the hardest thing was trying to um, have a relationship with them and uh, um, them not knowing who I am. That that was the hardest. My daughters were eight months, uh, one and two. So all this time, all I had was pictures and and letters, you know, periodically throughout the 10 years, 11 years almost. And so they they didn't know who I was, you know, only knew of me. And so me trying to be a dad that I never was, you know, that was difficult. And so going through counseling, going through one-on-ones with them, it takes time. But, you know, us working our problems out, our uh, uh, coming up with different solutions, we can heal broken wounds. So you've been back how many years? August 28th would be three years. It goes back to what I was saying. You never fail until you stop trying. And coming through reentry every day for the first six, seven months, I was here like seven o'clock in the morning, you know, talking to my kids on the phone, waiting for them to uh, go to school and waiting for a reentry to open up. But establishing different programs Throughout reentry, faith based, uh, the resources for uh, social services, uh, my medical allowed me to venture out and talk to other people and come to find out that, you know, change can happen. You know, it's just like it, it takes a period of time. You know, a lot of people want that quick gratification. You know, they want that help and they want it now. And the reason why they end up going back to prison because they can't wait they they impatient you know and what was made it kind of nice for me is that i did a lot of footwork i did a lot of stuff on my own I always found the right person to talk to if this one person couldn't help me okay i understand you can't help me but who can you send me to and Ended up all the way with the mayor, you know, ended up with debug, doing a lot of things within the community that I look back now and say, you know, who am I? You know, what did I do that was so amazing or so positive? And I was like, actually, I'm just living. I'm just telling my story that people can change. Yesterday has nothing to do with today. And as long as I'm looking in the right direction and I was living on, you never give up, you never give in. Dare to struggle, I'm built to win. And so now you're working? Yes. You have a place to stay? Yes, I am working. Uh, prior to me getting locked up, I was a, a plumber. And so now I uh, went back to the same trade, a uh, plumber, and have a place to stay. And I went through reentry program with abode that put me in housing. The housing ran out. Uh, I went through city team 
and uh, end up getting a vehicle from city team um, end up living in my vehicle for almost a year and a half um, still working uh, and now uh, have a place to stay. Uh, and I live on a yacht in South San Francisco. And so now my kids can come visit me and uh, um, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing good now. What's it like to be with your daughters on the boat in South San Francisco? First of all, is the fact that they can come visit me. You know, we can spend not just a couple of hours or, you know, a weekend. You know, now they're spending weeks with me, you know. And uh, um, we're growing to learn each other's feelings and stuff, you know. They open up to me more, you know. Uh, uh, They tell me stories throughout their growing up that I missed out on. I love the part that they talk to me, you know, and I told you could tell me anything, you know, we trying to learn each other, you know, being that we're on the boat is better for us because there's nobody else around, you know, mom, you know, uh, uh, their cousins or anything. We can actually talk, play video games, watch TV, you know, we'll go to the movies, you know, and, and I go broke now behind them. And that makes me happy that I can make them happy. I tell them that I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be in your life. Whenever you pick up the phone to call, whenever you want me to come get you, I'm going to be here. My life has come to the point to where I live for them. Is there anything you'd want to say just about the criminal justice system in America? I'll say it with a poem. My home in hell is one small cell that no man wants to own. For here I spend my life condemned, a man the world disown. So I the dam within walls crammed, lie in my man-made grave. A man twelve men condemned for sin, not one man strive to save. Each bitter day I curse and pray to any God unknown. My hope is fed on fear and dread, but these are only bones. I feel an ache as though a stake were driven through my heart. No greater curse, no hunger worse than the hope within my heart. I face the walls and taste the gale of future and defeat. But hope is cheap where life is cheap, a thought of freedom bittersweet. I beat to mule a concrete wall and I walk a concrete floor. I damn the way to prison way and hope for one chance more. Each lonely dawn and night spawns, I stand and face the walls. In bitterness and loneliness, I await the whistle call to pay the price of human lice who went astray to fall, who raped or stole or killed for gold, now must drink of gale. Been screaming yell within my hell, but I'm a man alone. My tears of pain like bitter rain spill down a naked stone. Here every gate is one of hate and love has no place to hide. For each lost fool that breaks the rule, the way to hell is wide. My chains of steel can never feel the things I hold in dear. But chains of men are kinder men, the men who keep me here. 
For every lock, a key is made, a saw for every chain. But each escape will future to shape a chains I wear again. Each day I fight to hold my right to call myself a man. But if I try to run or die, they'll say a rat just ran. My every loss became a cross, which I must bear alone. For no appeal will ever steal or move a heart of stone. It somehow seems that all my dreams must wait for each tomorrow. My days and years are made of tears, misery and sorrow. You see, convict knives take human lives. No jungle holds more danger. The years I stay both night and day, each man remains a stranger. Deep in the night, I'd awake and light a cigarette to listen to all the snores behind steel doors and long for all I'm missing. I feel the sting, the bitter ring of keys and metal locks, the scrape of feet upon concrete as the guard patrols the block. The things men hate and mutilate are those that all men veil. The mind of men, the will within, the spirit that God gives you. The right to sin but rise again, a free man, not a slave. To find a friend at the end to escape a purposeless grave. I cannot tell to those in hell the dreams I sent above. Now how the sound of whistle kills each passing thought of love. In prison mill, time rapes each wheel upon a rack of years. You'll seldom find a man who's kind if you shed blood or tears. And all prison lights don't have a price of power, wealth, and time. And though I sell my home in hell for much less than a dime. To prostitute good aptitude for selflessness or less. You soon learn that here in hell your keeper sells each kindness. Within these walls that'll never fall, the damn all come to know. A row of cells, a special hell called Solitary Row. Where seconds cheat and hunger eats the belly of each slave. Where gas is shot and each man rots within his lonely grave. The strong is right, both black and white, and each put in a cell. How long they'll stay, no man can say, for only time will tell. And none can say how much they'll pay within their private hell. You see, my home in hell is one I sell to any passbyer. Or give away or gladly pay so I get big goodbye. To sleepless nights, to glittery lights, to guns, bars, and chains. To walls of stone and men alone and years I can't regain. To those who take my dreams and make me live in hell forever. To those who lash and try to smash the human spirit. To those who steal the things I feel and fill my heart with sorrow. With each farewell I bid in hell is lost to each tomorrow.